This week on Talking Chalk, Goody and I discuss the championship matchup between Speed and Ben. How did they get here? Who did they beat along the way? How did their teams stack up? And what would it mean for each of their legacies if they were to win it all? All that and more on this episode of Talking Chalk. Of the scotch that I bought myself when I uh, when I got promoted to controller last year and sit back and enjoy my accomplishments. There you go. <laughs> Since I have none in fantasy baseball. Right. Uh, well, yeah, let's talk about that. Uh, I guess the last time we recorded, it was a day or two before the regular season was going to end. Uh, it was kind of a three, three-way race, but really a, a two-person race for that final playoff spot. Ben kind of backdoored his way in, uh, mostly on the back of kind of a, a pretty hard slide for you over the course of four weeks. But Ben makes the playoffs um, here with basically three games above 500. Uh, and I haven't looked back at some of the previous seasons, but you know this has got to be one of the maybe one of the worst teams in terms of overall record that it's made the playoffs before. Uh, definitely in terms I of think I think the record I think the record isn't the most damning thing I mean I think we've had a sub 500 team in before maybe I think normally the last playoff team is around 500 I think it's more the I mean the the eye test of Ben's team when you looked at it was one thing and then I think the roto standings just said a lot and obviously we don't play roto right uh you know but like it's it's generally a pretty good aggregator of what your team does over the course of the season. And, you know, it generally mirrors the standings we've had deviations from it all. It's just, it's not just that, you know, Ben was the seventh best team. It's that he was actually the the ninth ninth best best team. And it wasn't, and the scarier thing about it, I think, or not the scarier thing, I guess the more, I don't know what you call it, bizarre. Yeah. 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 Whatever, whatever word you want to use is that, you know, once again, Roto isn't the perfect measure because we don't play Roto and all of that, but you know, generally it's like, you know, if a, if a guy, you know, just like, just like wins, isn't a good measure, but if one guy wins 20 games and another guy wins 10, generally that's a big enough of a gap. And, and, you know, there's, you could do that with a ton of stats, you know, war RBIs, home runs, any of those. But the, the margin of, you know, for instance, Mook was the sixth best Roto team. The difference between him and Ben was 20 Roto points. Even, which, even the difference it, between is, Ben and Duty, who was the eighth best team, one above Ben, yeah. was 20. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's not like Ben was the eighth best team, but he was only a few Roto points out of being in six. I, I think the you know, there was just that big of a gap. And then obviously the, the biggest statistical oddity, which it's wild this happened in the same season, was – myself being first finishing first place in Roto with 128 and Ben having 79 and a half. And, and that being the difference, it's like, you just, like I said, we've seen this kind of stuff in Roto before. It was just that big of a gap was just, I mean, I think we talked about this off the pot of like, you know, the bell curve. It's like, this is as far end as the tail of the bell curve, I think as it gets. Right. And in a head to head league, you know, we were talking a little bit, this is going to happen. You know, we're in year 14 of this league. Uh, yeah. By the way, thanks to Evan for updating the league name from Keeper League 13 to Keeper League 14. He did that like two weeks ago. Uh, you know, and, and staying we on found top out, of things. 
we also found out he can reseed guys. It's like, you Jesus know, Evans, it, this has been a year of Evan just learning his powers. I think, you know, <laughs> year, you know, like you said, it took us 14 years to get to this weird of a playoff seeding finish. And it took Evan 14 years to figure out how to use all the commissioner tools. And if, if he's actually figured them all out, he's learning every year. Like but, I said, but, he, but he will, he will never let us take a peek into what's on that side of the curtain. Right. Like I said, he might have the NASA, you know, a dashboard, like spaceship uh, behind the curtain. He could be doing all sorts of things. Uh, we'll we'll the, never know. The, the power at Evan's fingertips, but that's the way he likes it. He likes to keep us, you know, in the dark, I think. But yeah, um, so we'll talk a little bit more about, you know, Ben's oddity of making it in the playoffs a little bit later. Uh, but he made it in. Uh, he and I played week one. Uh, he beat me. I, I kind of mismanaged. Uh, I had, a, a, I think, 11 starts and I needed to cut two. And I kind of, I cut the wrong ones. Uh, ben kind of squeaked in six to five. Uh, and then last week he beat Pat, which, you know, I wasn't unhappy about um, as I was continuing to wrestle with my feelings about Ben kind of squeaking into the playoffs and then making the championship. How were you feeling, yeah. uh, you know, as he was playing me and then playing Pat? Uh, so, I mean, it was interesting. I thought, obviously I followed each of this closely of, of what would have been of how close I was. And, and, you know, like you said, it's those decisions of who you sit and who you don't start. And, you know, I, I just, obviously you can second guess yourself and that kind of stuff all the time. And it seems like with those, it's always like, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, right. you know? And at the end of the day, you just got to remind yourself, look, it's, it's a 50, 50. It's a, you know, you made a 51 49 call or whatever. And it's like, you know, sometimes it just doesn't bounce your way, but obviously you always think that, you know, you're in your head about it, but Obviously, I was following those matchups closely. I was comparing what my own stats were to to both you and Ben's, and then in the next round too. Uh, you know, I, I think it was interesting. You know, you had a pretty damn good week against me, and then the next week, you know, yeah. a very subpar yeah. week overall um, on, on both sides. Um, and then for for him versus Pat, I think it was another just interesting of like, you know, the stars just keep aligning for Ben of how much we said <laughs> for him to get into the regular season, like stars had to align. And I, you know, we'll probably talk about that a lot this podcast, but like Pat was, you know, Pat was the perfect team to play. Even though, you know, this is a guy that was a bi-week team who we kind of all thought wasn't quite a bi-level quality, but definitely had, you know, some, some fortune to him getting in there. And then, you know, the one strength he really did have to his team. And, you know, we talked in the last pod about him not really having any, you know, true superstars, like, like a lot of the other teams do. Uh, the one true strength of his team being just his dominant starting pitching. He's had so many good starters who have been, you know, for better course of the season, top, you know, top 50, top 60 players. He's had a lot of them they kind of all seemed to die right towards the end of the year. And it was kind of edging towards that the last couple of weeks. And, and that's what's happened. I mean, Carlos Rodon hadn't had a quality start, I think in like seven or eight starts going into this playoff matchup, or maybe that's as of now, but like he had a really short start, uh, you know, D Darvish once again, you know, gave up a few runs, didn't get a quality. It's just, you know, it seemed like this, this, so he, Pat could always bank on this kind of, getting quality start after quality start really good pitching. And, and that just wasn't there. And then I, you know, I think his offense against Ben did pretty much what Pat's offense did all year. And that is if, if he's not, if he's not juicing an orange for, for a five home run week, you know, he's, he's going to have a, a sub seven fifty OPS. He's not going to put up big numbers. Yeah. We, we talked all season long, you know, Pat was riding that pitching and then his offense was just those guys that, 
had had a recent you know stretch run of 30 days or 60 days of performance but how consistent are those guys week in to week out you know they might have a great june or a great july but are they going to have a good september uh this, this is this is pat's offense when you know frank schwindel doesn't hit a home run and and to be fair you know many teams have those oranges, you know, everyone's yeah. got two, three, four on their team. That that's what builds a, a good 11 person offense, but you'd surround them with superstars. And Pat basically just had oranges up and down the list. You know, Kristen Yelich is a shell of himself. Even JD Martinez, you know, top 50 players. Has not, not a had a good, player. yeah, has not had, I mean, he had a hot start to the year, has not had a great second half. Yelich has never gotten it going. Um, you know, Gallo had his stretches and, and it's funny. Gallo had his, you know, other than that stretch um, right after they they took away the sticky stuff where Gallo, I think, was like a top five player in a 30 day. Gallo had his best week of the season, I think, during Pat's bye week, which was kind of funny, I thought. Uh, but, yeah, you know, it, you talk about those three players going to the years. Those are supposed to be the core of his team. And, you know, th- they all had they all had subpar years. Yelich, especially Gallo, you know bad is all and uh and but then other than that it's like pat was just relying on oranges and you know eventually the the juice run out and there was uh there was no more to squeeze and, and it's not that pat's you know pitching was mediocre it was awful last week uh you mm-hmm. know besides robbie ray who had one good start and one bad start you know everyone else got blown up darvish got blown up um even you know, even the usually i mean it's funny even lynn who's normally very reliable who i thought you know, i've sung his praises i mean he hasn't has hasn't not had a quality start in four starts now either. Yeah, I mean, Pat getting two quality starts out of his nine starts is you know again you're talking bell curves. That's pretty amazing. Uh, I thought it was yeah. funny last week. You know, in the Housey versus Speed matchup, it seemed like both teams were firing on all cylinders. Whereas in the Pat versus Ben matchup, and again Ben was fortunate to run into Pat. Both teams seemed mediocre, if not just outright bad. I compared. Yeah. Ben's stat line last week to speeds. If they had played one another, Ben would have lost nine to three. So, and he beat Pat seven to three. So, you know, I think I haven't done it against Housky yet, but I feel like if Ben had played anybody else, you know, he would have been knocked out last week. And I feel like if, if Housky had played Ben or Pat, you know, he might be in the championship right now. So seeding and how it worked out in that, uh, that second round there definitely punched the ticket. For, for yeah, ben it's, and for, it's yeah. funny how he was not even lucky as hell and needed a lot of things that happened to get in. But then at this point, it's like he wouldn't have beaten anybody else who he had played in those weeks either. And, <laughs> so. and, and a guy like, uh, you know, Matt Manning, he streams like a decent start from last last week. You know, you and I were talking about some of the uh, the pitching matchups between what Ben was throwing out there and, and what Pat was. And it's just remarkable that, you know, he was able to win pitching categories. He won two of the uh of the six and he tied one against pat and you know if you told me i was going to win two categories and tie one against pat in pitching i'd feel pretty good about being able to you know win three or four offensive categories to win the week against them the only thing i will say though is i think you know and i i don't want this to be lost of much of it seems like in the context thing it's bizarre of pat to not have as good a pitching performances i do feel like a lot of his guys were starting to kind of lose steam down at the end of the year and i think I think that was to be expected from any pitcher this year, given that, you know, we had a short season last year. You're, you're in the dog days of summer, you know, these guys have got to be wearing down and just even in a normal year, it's just hard to make 30 starts in, in the major leagues. It just is. 
But then you also look down his roster and it's like, you know, other than, other than Lance Lynn, it's like, you know, none of these guys, you know, Alex Wood has had these things before he wears down, you know, McCullers has never been, you know, super durable. Rodon has always had shoulder problems. I mean, you run down the list and it's like, you're not totally surprised. Some of the, a lot of these guys started to run out of gas down, down the stretch. Yeah. Many of them are, you know, kind of one-year wonders, you know, we'll see if whether they carry it into the, the seasons afterwards, but you certainly don't think that they're 200 inning guys or even 180 inning guys. Many of them, you know, Lance Lynn out of his last eight starts, only two quality starts. That's kind of wild. You know, we, I feel like every single podcast we've talked about Lance Lynn. Uh, and He's been the most trade. talked about guy, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just because of, you know, Pat's and acquiring him who could have required him, what Brennan could have gotten. So at the end of the day, you know, Pat had a buy and, and it is the one week he needed Lynn. He didn't get what he needed from him. Uh, and Pat, yeah. Pat, we talked about all season long was, you know, kept, um, kept acquiring guys, you know, playing for this season not really worrying about his keeper set. He's traded guys like Buxton um, away. So, you know, we'll see what he's able to do. We'll probably talk more in the off season about his team and kind of the remnants of what he may be able to carry over. Uh, but something about oranges, you leave fruit out all winter long. It's, it's not good in the spring. So we'll see, uh, we'll see which of these oranges <laughs> yeah. he's able to juice come springtime as keepers. Pat, the best thing Pat could hope for is to make some wine in the spring. Right. <laughs> Uh, so let's talk a little bit about, although in Pat's case, he'll try to make lemoncello. Right. Oh, Jesus. So lemoncello guy, I don't get it. Ben Ben's in the championship. However it happened, he's there, uh, speed, more of a traditional route, you know, gets a buy, uh, you know, that. Oh, and that was, I gotta say that that matchup with him and Housky last week. I mean, that's what a playoff matchup should be. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was, they were. You know, I, I said it a couple pods before. I thought, you know, the the three real elite offenses in this league that were above everybody else was myself, Housky, and Speed. And, you know, they were the two big offenses. And they they went blow for blow. I mean, Housky had a good offensive week, yet he was going into the weekend pretty much not able to win any offensive stat just because Speed's offense, I think he hit 18 home runs. Uh, but, you know, they, they each pitched pretty well. It, you know, it came down it came down to the, the Sunday night game of who – with Eduardo Rodriguez pitching of who was going to advance or not. Right. And, and that's kind of wild. Those matchups happen, you know, that last batter, the last pitcher. Uh, and I, I was texting with speed most of the weekend. I tried to text with Housky a little bit, but he won't engage at this point. Uh, and, you know, speed he, was pretty he engages, nervous. He engages with me. That That's good. Uh, at least he's talking to someone. Um, yeah. But yet, Speed wasn't sure that he was going to make it at, at a certain point. He thought it was going to be Pat versus Housky for the championship. Um, I'll say Housky had a decent offensive week. You know, Ben would have beaten him in four of the six offensive categories. Oh, I didn't, um, I did not realize that. It's like, it's funny. You look at the, like, you know, he has an over 800 OPS and you know, he, he has over 30 RBIs, 30 runs in each and you know, and all that. You just, I don't know. Yeah. You don't realize that. And House, Housky would have won, um, looks like five of the pitching categories. So I think Housky would have squeaked out, uh, squeaked ahead of Ben had they been in a matchup together. Uh, I think at the fact that speed hit 18 home runs, it felt like he and Housky were going back and forth most of the week, but really was on the pitching side uh, for those yeah. two. And, you know, speed, like I said, took a more traditional route, got that by. Um, I went to bed the last 
night of the season thinking that I had a buy, but then there was a stat correction that basically, you know, switched it by half a game uh, and put speed in the buy. So that that's kind of a wild, uh, wild twist. If I could wild have avoided all that. Yeah. If I could have avoided that, uh, you know, that, you know, clunker of a first playoff week, uh, maybe things were a little bit different, but, you know, speeds had a, a great team all year. Uh, he's been, you know, top three Roto throughout the year, top three, you know, standings. He had a little bit of a slide in August and September uh, as some guys, you know, stopped being as hot as they were. He lost Bauer. Uh, but, you know, looking at speed in the championship game, I don't think anybody is going to blink, um, you know, seeing that that type of squad uh, playing. For no, him. not at all. It's like, you know, he's got his his core players are, are in their primes. He's, you know, he he's he's made good moves today he or this year i mean he's you know he's made all the the right win now moves i think for the most part uh you know you're never going to make perfect moves and all of that but you know his you know he he ponied up to make sure he got teoscar hernandez who's been been huge for him uh you know he he's done a good job of of you know building out a pretty good pitching staff uh i, I just yeah you know definitely it's you look at the championship, like you said, it, the championship is the story of the two teams where it's like the team that were like, how the hell did he get there? And then the other team where you're like, oh yeah, that, that makes sense. Right. Yeah. You mentioned the Teoscar Hernandez deal. You know, I, I was not that big of a fan uh, of that deal from speed's point of view. I felt like he, what do you pay? Like a, a first and a third. Uh, it was a first and a, and a six. six. So originally he was trying to, he was trying to trade him. He was trying to convince Perry, I think, to trade him for like a three or something like that. And then I, I offered up a second and then I offered up a first, but I told Perry he needed to decide like, you know, by that 6 PM deadline. So I had him the next day and then speed ponied up the sixth with it. And then, so, you know, I said, yeah, said yeah. Perry, take it. I kind of viewed him as like a top 100, maybe top 80 hitter, obviously a guy you want in your squad, you would pay like a first round pick for, but I certainly didn't anticipate that right now he's the 19th overall player. He's basically a, a franchise building block. You know, he, I, then, so that's the thing. And I'm, I was a bigger, so people didn't love Tay Oscar. I think being speed were the only people who really liked Tay Oscar at this point. Cause everybody else was shocked by this, but like, I thought he was really underrated. You know, I, I, I definitely think this is this obviously the ceiling of Tay Oscar. I don't think he's going to hit 300. I didn't think he was as big of a batting average risk to the downside as people thought. I think people didn't realize that he does add 10 stolen bases. Right. Uh, you know, I wonder how much of a building block he'll be. I mean, you know, he's another, he's another one of those post hype guys. And I mean like post post hype, like I think he's, I think he's 28 or 29 right now. Uh, you know, he, he, this is probably the only season he's going to ever bat 300. The, the power's for real. And it helps that look, he's most of the time batting cleanup in an awesome lineup, you know, ahead of, you know, Simeon, Bichette, Vlad Jr. Uh, so, you know, very good player, definitely very keepable guy. I don't know how long, I'll just, my own personal opinion, like, I don't know how, how long the window he has of this level, but I think right. for at least like, you know, this year and next year, it's like, you know, you're looking at a, a, you know, a top 50 player, I think. Yeah. One of those guys that strikes out a lot, but, you know, just due to athleticism in his late twenties, maybe early thirties, you know, can power through that. Uh, but, you know, may catch up to him a little bit uh he might not age very well but yeah on the other hand though i mean i don't know i, I saw a lot in his profile to what i liked him that i thought he was very comparable to nelson cruz in a way too so i don't know if maybe he thought who was also a post 
you know, hype guy. So who knows, but you know, Cruz also needed a little juice. So, but yeah, now, now you look at that deal, maybe a different way saying, you know, with the, the talent or lack of talent that Josh may have on his team, you know, would that have been a guy that he would have wanted uh, rather than have that first round pick, which may end up, you know, it will be one of the last two picks in the first round could end up being the, the last pick in the first round. But that, I think that that trade might be the most important in the league thus far. Yeah. Um, and definitely driving, driving speed to this point of, you know, it kind of gave speed another elite offensive player outside of just Machado Tatis and Freeman. Uh, and then I see from Perry's perspective, but uh, Perry did say he would come on the pod in the off season. Yeah, we can, we can definitely have Josh uh, on. Josh did not end in last place this year. So um, that's a good thing, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> he, he was he was 13 games ahead of uh, Brendan. I mean, so. didn't, he, didn't he have like the number one ranked player? And yeah, and his uh, his roto score is not that much worse than uh, than Ben's. In fact, and you were, yeah, you were. Oh, yeah, that was the other thing. I think Perry was actually pretty close to he. Ben was closer to Perry's roto score than he was duties. Yes, yeah, that's what it was. Ben uh, was seventy nine point five. Josh was next with a sixty six, and and duty had ninety nine and a half. Uh, the yeah, Mook. You know, you missed it from the group chats. Mook just kept pre- kept calling Perry's the whole last month of the season the hottest team in the league. Yeah, I mean, any one thing about head to head is like in any given week a team can have a hot week or you can have a dud of a week and like Josh can win hot, the hot Carl. Game. Right. Yeah. I mean, Josh, uh, Josh really was the, one of the hottest teams, you know, he didn't lose the last seven weeks of the season. He, he had a tie in there, but he went six and one over the last seven. He was like the, he had the other end of the, you know, the luck spectrum that you had where you dropped four straight, you know, he, he basically, gosh, he, I didn't even realize this, but he beat a bunch of teams to beat, Powski, he beat me he beat ricky he tied mook like he he beat a lot of good teams those last few weeks yeah i i mean and i don't know what the underlying thing i mean obviously it helps you know when you have one of the best players and when vlad's just hitting a ton and isn't an awesome offense like that's gonna move you know that's gonna move the weight so to speak yeah so let's uh let's take a look at these these two teams these two juggernauts uh (laughs) playing for the championship uh, the first thing that jumps out at me is the the pitching that both of them have. Uh, you know, Ben has already pitched Matt Manning uh, and Cole Irvin, who both got blown up. Ben's two starts into this thing. He's got under 10 innings and an ERA of 10, uh, whereas Speed is making his, I think, his third and fourth starts. starts tonight. Yeah, and he's got, he's got Woodruff. Morton's already got a quality, and then he's got Woodruff throwing right now as well. Uh, and he already had a, a good starts from uh, both. Well, I guess Marquez got hit around, but uh, Quantrill squeaked out a quality for him last night. Yeah, I mean, Ben's pitching is not great outside of Adam Wainwright. Uh, Th- that's the other weird thing about – so to add into Ben's improbable run, I mean, one, Sal Perez hitting 45 home runs. Right. Is, you know, doing his best Mike Piazza, Johnny Bench uh, – impersonation you know out of nowhere uh and then there's also adam freaking wainwright who you know blast from the past uh you know he had he had his uh worst start in a while but i mean he had gotten i mean i'm just looking at i mean i just pulled up his player page and for as far back as the starts go before his last start 
he has one start that he didn't have a quality start. And that's because he threw eight and a third innings and gave up four runs. <laughs> so like, you know, he had one of those, I, I think I call used to call that like the cliff Lee where it's like, they lose the quality start in the ninth right, inning. Cause he pitches so many innings. Yeah. 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 But like, I mean, other than that, he had just ripped off, you know, quality after quality in a row. We're talking, you know, seven and eight inning jobs here. Uh, I, yeah. Something else that just comes out of nowhere. I mean, it's like, God, it's like, Ben's like the uh, at this point is like the Angels in the outfield team, right? And and Wainwright was available. You know, Ben traded for him at the start of August. So, you know, we talked about it before. Uh, Who did during... he get Wainwright from? Dude, I thought I just assumed he was a free agent pickup. Okay, no, yeah, Duty Duty had him. We probably didn't even talk about the trade uh, because I'm it was not Adam sure Wainwright. Yeah, because it was Adam Wainwright, and there was probably six other trades that you know we thought actually mattered. But yeah, that's uh, that's a big one, and we talked about it before. Ben continued to push, you know, his chips to the center of the table. He's playing for this season. He was trying to push for the playoffs. It seemed improbable. It seemed a little bit dumb. Uh, you know, we talked about the opportunity cost if you don't make the playoffs, and you have given up, you know, a bunch of picks in the first few rounds. That can really hurt you. Uh, but you know, this paid off where he made the playoffs kind of barely. Uh, he's won two rounds and now he's in the championship so far. It's not going great for him, but it's Tuesday when we're recording this and you know, there's a lot of games left to play. Yeah. A lot, obviously a lot changes between now and then. I mean, and that's, I, if there's anything out of this, you got to give him credit for. I mean, I always say too many people in this league give up too quickly, I think. And there is such a, you know, dice roll to it. And, and although we said like, this is as rare as it gets, like I said, as improbable of, you know, the, the less than 1% chance and the tail end of the, of the distribution curve and all that nonsense. It's like, but it happened. So it's like, right. I, I don't know. I think, I think some people should kind of at least reflect on that in some way. And I'll say like Ben, Ben had a juggernaut last year. It was a short season. He won, yeah. you know, uh, it's not like he went through the, the whole rigmarole of an entire season. You know, we, we always joked about him being a first half team the prior few years uh, so we finally won in a season that didn't even have a second half. Uh, but he had a juggernaut. He had all the keepers, and then he had a bunch of oranges, which you know, only have to squeeze for six weeks. And, you know, he certainly did that. Uh, and this year, it's not like Ben had bad players in many cases, at least on offense. It's that many of his players simply underperformed. You know, George Springer. And some injuries too. Yeah, George Springer doesn't have 300 uh, at-bats right now. Um, yeah. You know, Trent Grisham, who I was pretty high on, should be like a top 100 player with power and speed, uh, doesn't have 500 at bats, and he's ranked 247th. Like Tim Anderson, which I know a lot of us don't necessarily believe in, but he's been very good. You know, the, he's done enough of the sample size where it's like, you know, he, look, he's not the, he's not the, you know, he's not the greatest player, but like he, he fills up enough on both, you know, the, all the counting stats to matter. He's having a, a good but not great season. Trevor Story, you know, is having a good, not great season. Uh, and then the real culprit here is, you know, Cody Bellinger was the preseason ranked 19th player and is batting 159. He's the 1400th ranked player right now. You know, it's not like Ben returned a bunch. Like, it's not like Ben's team looked like Pat's team is going to look next year which is just, you know, barren after a deep playoff run. Uh, you know, he was returning a lot of good guys, but Bellinger and Story and Springer, you know, guys that should be top 50 hitters, if not top, 
30 hitters just were not that this year. Um, so that's somewhat unlucky. You know, maybe one of the, two of these guys are really, you know, dead. Maybe Bellinger's dead. The league figured him out, uh, what have you. But you know, it's not like Ben mismanaged this thing entirely, at least on offense. No, not at all. I mean, like you said, definitely some unfortunate stuff and kind of getting here. It sucks. I mean, it's it's good news for him, I think, that Bellinger went on the IL last week because uh, right. he just looks totally just lost this year. And, you know, there's always a lot of guys – there's always a lot of talk of guys after they have shoulder surgery of it tap zapping their power the following season for at least a few months. And it takes a while to get it back. Uh, you know, and that's why, you know, I personally, I think Bellinger is not done. I didn't, you know, obviously there's no way to predict he'd be this bad, uh, you know, after all of that, but it, yeah, it, versus Pat, I definitely see what you're saying. And that it's like, you look down the roster and you could say, all right, this isn't, although you traded away draft capital and all that, like, this isn't necessarily an empty cupboard name wise um, for guys to, to keep going into the next year. Yeah. I'll compare it kind of to Trevor's team last year where I thought Trevor was definitely the, you know, the worst team uh, in that championship matchup, like somewhat similar to, to Ben where Ben had the juggernaut and Trevor, you know, was taking a shot. He had a chance cause he was in there, but certainly did not have the, the squad that Ben did. Um, Whereas I don't think Ben is necessarily that way this year. Uh, I don't think he he piloted a uh, you know a carcass to the end of the the season through like you know sheer force of will like like Trevor's done in the past. You know I think he got unlucky in some cases. Degrom was probably the best player in the league and you know only pitched 92 innings. Uh, I think his his pitching has not been great at all. Um, but, you know, offensive-wise, you know, he returned a lot of the same guys from last year. And in most years, you know, they would have performed much better than they did this. You got to remember Suarez died, too. Right. Another one he kept, Eugenio Suarez. Uh, Grisham is one I'm going to say, like, I, I think people might have gotten a little too high on him. Of, You know, this is a guy that, you know, was – and not that this really matters a ton, but he was the the scapegoat of the Nationals wildcard game when he missed the, the, the Soto hit that allowed them – you don't watch these games, so you don't remember that. But okay. Anyway, I was I was at that game, by the way. So I do remember that. Uh anyway, Grisham was traded uh before last season uh to San Diego. You know, was always thought of to be kind of this, you know, oh, you know, kind of athletic, you know, outfield prospect, but he, you know, he wasn't great in his first time up with the Brewers. Had a big year last year with the Padres in a short season. And I think maybe people were probably waiting that a little too much as to, Oh, this is Trent Grisham for, you know, extrapolated over 600 plate appearances and probably a little bit more of a, of a sophomore slump or something this year. Now I'd be interested to see, you know, is he kept, what is he after this and all that. But I, I do think the kind of fantasy community just got way too on this. So like, Oh, Grisham's just going to be this, you know, 2020 stud who, who hits for a good average and, and all that just going forward, just because of based on what he did last year in a short season. Yeah, that, that may be fair. I wouldn't, you know, have faulted anyone for making him, you know, their seventh or eighth keeper. Which oh, yeah, yeah, probably definitely. Where he no ma- no matter that. what, anybody, anybody who can hit home runs and steal bases and is young and shows ability, you know, always always uh, a good case to be kept. So uh, let's talk about one more offensive player who's basically carried Ben for the last two months, uh, the same way Adam Wainwright has for the past two months, and that's Brandon Bell. Uh, Brandon Bell just went on the IL, but basically single-handedly beat me in our uh, our matchup in the playoffs. He's the seventh-ranked player 
over the last 30 days. He's got 10 home runs. It's basically him and Sal Perez that are carrying Ben, uh, you know, across the finish line here. So, you know, Ben has had a string of luck over the last several weeks, but Brandon Belt not playing in the championship week uh, is certainly bad luck. I think what's funny is that, like, you know, like Belt being a good example, like that's a like, okay, Belt's, Belt's a guy who always bounces around rosters. He always has these points where he's good. Like he's another guy like Jonathan Shope right. in a way. You know what I mean? Like there, there's these points where he's a really valuable fantasy contributor and then he, you know, falls off at times. The funny thing I think about all of this too is that, you know, talking about Ben not having stars this year or anything like that is for the rest of us, like if you, and this kind of goes with the Pat discussion, like the rest of us, if you have this orange that goes off, then you're having your 950 OPS week and your, your 18 home runs like speed had, whereas right. Ben has had this and he's still just kind of, you know, <laughs> but it's just to get him to like a 770 OPS, just right. enough to, to beat, you know, a bad offensive team on the other side. Yeah. Brandon Bell and Sal Perez are hitting six home runs combined for Ben's you know, <laughs> nine home runs for the week. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Pitching wise this week, Ben does have a double start from Wainwright, but not much else. Like I said, he pitched Matt Manning first day of a uh, championship week. Oh God, I can't believe that guy, that guy made like four or five starts in the, in our fantasy playoffs. I can't believe it. I don't know why he would pitch him. uh, Especially because Pat like dropped Anthony Disclafani and there's like decent starters. Like it's funny because start starters kind of, better starters become available as you go deeper and deeper because teams right. drop them and you right. get, you know, you're not competing for streams against everybody else. And you, you know, yeah. And, and Ben throws Matt Manning day one. Like, like Ben dropped Zach Plesak last week after a bad start. Like actually wasn't even, it wasn't even that bad of a start. Like I would have picked him back up and pitched him over Matt Manning. Uh, Disclafani who's on waivers until tomorrow. You think, you think the research button said Manning? That I, it may have Merrill Kelly's out there. He's, he's good for a quality start. Like there's, there's guys that you can pitch. Uh, and I'm, it's just very strange that, you know, Ben kind of ran with a guy that he, he hadn't even owned all that long. It's not like he's, he's been committed to him for several months. You know, <laughs> that just seemed like a, a strange, strange decision. Uh, I think better for, for better or worse, like, you know, Ben had gotten a good start out of Manning, I guess, last round. I think Ben's kind of one of those guys that like, if he picks a guy up and he does, you know, good for him, then no matter what, he's giving him another, you know, right. I don't think he really thinks about the context of like, Oh, this is, you know, this is a young pitcher. Maybe this team's seeing him for a second time, or this offense is a little better, or that was a weird getaway day game that he snuck by. It's like, that's like, Oh, he pitched well for me. I'm going to give him another turn. Yeah. Matt Manning has an ERA of six and a whip of 1.57. I get, that's not great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and he's a guy. So Manning is a guy I stashed similar to the way I did McKenzie. I picked him up when he got called up different from McKenzie because he was called up, but I'm just saying, I didn't start him the first time. I just picked him up just to watch him to see, you know, what, what is this guy? And within two innings of watching him, you're, and I'm not a scout like Mook is or anything like that, but it's like the guy literally can only throw a fastball and that's it. Yeah. I'll say that Ben does have decent closers. Um, like he's got six guys right now that have at least five saves and he's got three that have more than 20. Uh, whereas did, we'll he, did of, he pay for any of these guys though, by the way, too, I'm like, I'm, I think, I think back to the kind for, of, no, no, I guess not. He, he had Romano and Barnes the whole year. Um, 
I think he he traded for Ian Kennedy. Um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, but yeah, I don't I don't know if he's uh, he's really. I mean, because you look at this, it's like not like you know, not like a stellar stellar core, but I mean, hell, they're getting saves, you know. And we'll talk in a second about Speed's team, uh, but you know, we talked about Speed kind of got hurt at the deadline a little bit, not as bad as Pat did, but Speed's a little bit light on closers. Like that's a stat that Ben could eke out. Uh, if he's looking for a path to victory here, who like, who has the tiebreaker? Uh, let's take a look. I do know that uh, you know, in talking to Speed, Housky had the tiebreaker over Speed, so uh, you know he had speed, to. Speed Speed was worried about that. So so okay, so yeah, Speed's got the tiebreaker because he, he does their he, first matchup. They tied six six, and then the second matchup, uh, he beat Ben ten to two. Yeah, he walloped Ben. Uh, okay, so yeah, Speed's got. Has to get six. Uh, six is the magic number. Yeah. Uh, and it looks like already all or pitching wise, I would say speed is probably a lock for four categories, maybe you five. Would, you would think. Now, obviously, it's like, look, you know, there's only been if, if speed gets quali- a quality here from Woodruff, then too, it's like, you know, then he already has three quality starts and a good weight of innings and, and strikeouts. So, yeah, you're yeah and and it's not like ben has you know degrom sitting there re- ready to pump you know an eight inning shutout to try and balance some things out you know and uh you know ben's k k situation is really bad i mean wainwright his that is one thing i remember from watching his matches it's like I, like ben has struggled to get to 50 strikeouts the last couple of weeks so yeah even if somehow he makes a miraculous comeback era and whip wise and that's going to be tough with speed already having four really good starts in the bank and Ben having two bad ones, you know, yeah. I'm not sure he's ever going to be able to catch K's. Um, so he's, so he's basically, basically it's like, he's, yeah. I mean, he, you're going to need, Ben's going to need to win this on the offensive side of the ledger against right. a team that has just way more. Now, obviously look, it's a one week thing. So any offense could be better, but you know, I'll, I would bet on the side of, you know, Machado, Tatis and Freeman and, <laughs> And again, it's only Tuesday, so pitching could turn around a little bit. But yeah, it looks like speed probably has four or five categories uh, in pitching, so only really needs to win one or two uh, on the offensive side. And like yeah. you said, uh, he's got Ty France four for four yesterday so far. Um, Love Ty France. Yeah, and then and then he's got that those four superstars in Freeman, Machado, uh, Tatis, and and Teoscar. So. Uh, he's certainly got the the star power on offense. Yeah. Anything else we want to talk about? You know, matchup specific. For for anybody or for yeah. Ben and uh, I guess for for Ben, ben and uh, Speed in this championship week. I mean, I think that kind of covers it. It really is. I mean, it's funny that it's only Tuesday and it's like pitching is not looking so great, and then it's like can. <laughs> It would, this would be the, so this would sell up the year perfectly if Ben just swept offense on speed the rest of the week. Like, right. You know, we get, we're going to get, we're going to get one of those like Nate low, like, you know, three home run games. Sal Perez hits two home runs in back-to-back games. Yeah. Right. Or hits, hits, gets to 50 this week or something. Yeah. Yeah, really. It's like, I, I mean, that's basically what, what needs to happen. I think at right. this point, I mean, Ben put himself in position. So now it's just, got to get a little bit lucky and he's, yeah. he's been lucky before. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, 
what happens if either of these teams win in terms of, you know, we're 14 years into this thing. We have our, obviously our opinions, the league has their opinions on who's good at this, who's bad at this. Those, those opinions change over time. You know, five years ago, you might've said Josh was one of the better managers in the league. I think that's certainly changed now. Um, According so, to your scatter plot, he still is. <laughs> I, need to, I need to update that scatter plot for sure. But what does it mean uh, to the league and how we would view the league if speed wins this week? I think, I think it's interesting of saying managers who a few years ago you said would have been bad or good. I, I think a few years ago you wouldn't you would have said speed wasn't one of the better managers in the league. And I think obviously it helps with, you know, having to tease Machado, but I think the last couple of years has, has proved himself to be one of the better managers now. And I don't think, I don't think it's just having those guys, you know, obviously him making moves to get to tease like he did and other things. I think the other moves he's made have been, you know, generally the right moves as well. Uh, so I, I think at this point, like I definitely think he's deserving, so to speak of, of it all if that answers your question <laughs> sure sure it if we were starting a new keeper league and you had to uh you had to bet you know ten thousand dollars on someone winning a championship in the first three years and you had to bet on house key or speed doing it fresh Oof. keeper league who would you choose that's tough uh i pro- honestly i probably would go with speed how about speed or ben speed okay i think i just think the he is and maybe this is kind of it's kind of more in my philosophy too it's like speed in those three years speed would be more aggressive about actually winning i think Halski a little bit is always in the like you know he's not as much as bad about this anymore but he's always in the like oh saving his chips for next year and kind of building for next year or you know what i mean like I think he's gotten a lot better in that regard. I think some of that still exists. Uh, and I mean, I don't know. Ben's just pushing a research button. Right. Well, we certainly you know, <laughs> know what Ben's doing to manage his team. So, you know, speed finished third last year prior to that 11th, 11th, eighth, fourth, 11th, 12th. So you think he's like, evolved as a manager over the last few years i, I think yeah i mean, i've looked having to tease machado helps i mean, I mean it's all yeah, or, or is it freeman taking that next step to yeah, obviously yeah. turning into mike trout 2.0 from shortstop you know or is it both of those things but i think i think it's also i think it's you know i've talked about this before too i think it's the obviously look having the core star players in their prime is the most important thing to consistently competing. It matters more than draft capital. It matters more than anything. So he's gotten that, but he's also then, I think he's been aggressive about it and that's added to his success. Like him being aggressive about going for when, you know, he has these three guys that are all healthy and hitting is it's why he got Brandon Woodruff. It's why he got Teoscar Hernandez. It's, you know, there's, there's probably another guy or two that he's gotten because of that too. It's like that, that aggression and that commitment to going for it and winning is continuing to compound and build onto his success. I think in a way, I think that's certainly fair. Uh, so he would, you know, have one championship uh, if he wins. You got to remember too, going into the playoffs last year, he had the pretty undisputed best team. Uh, I don't know. I feel, I feel like I remember Ben being just like a juggernaut. I mean, yeah. I think when you look at it at the end, Ben had all those ranked players, but I mean, I think 
I just, it was a short season, remember, but I just remember it was like the whole regular season. It was like Tatis and Machado were just go. I, they were, I think all three, Freeman was insane. Freeman had an MVP season. I mean, he had three, you know, guys who were all top 10 players, you know? And I remember us talking about this, I think at the beginning of the year and saying like, oh, like those guys probably all had their career years that year or whatever. Yeah, I mean, Ben was not the first seed. Trevor was the second. Speed was the third seed. So, you know, he's- Wow, he, I could have sworn Speed had a bye week. Wow. Uh, so- um, Maybe I was just on the, you know, the brunt of that in one of those weeks that I just- He kind of had a bye week because he played Pat and beat him 12 nothing. So it wasn't- Oh, that, that was that was because we had to do the off the board uh, shit. Okay, that wasn't right, actually right, right. in it. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Because we didn't know Sorry, that Evan yeah. could just you know just reseed shit. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, of all the stress of you know you know uh, I pitch a tenth start and we're gonna have to go off the board and oh my god and then it was just boom oh I boom can Evan's like don't worry I'm here to save the day guys. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, well. <laughs> That's, it's that's you know I think I, I'm glad I'm glad me uh, me protesting doing off the board probably motivated that a little bit. I'll take some credit. Yeah, and or, was that another thing where Ben was like, "Why don't we, you know, text Yahoo or uh, yeah, Yahoo. yeah"? But I'm sure I'm sure he was. Yeah, Ben's got to connect at Yahoo now that he just you know some. Hey, my some, league manager yeah. is kind of a dummy. Uh, <laughs> we do this thing. Ben's Ben's got to connect with a you know a 20 year old intern at Yahoo. Jesus. Uh, okay, so anything more to say about what what does it mean if Speed wins? The, it, does that put him on like the like I said? I think that's here? it. I think to put it into this way, I just I'll say Ben's Speed's deserving in a way. Like I said, it's like look, he has a keeper set. I think he's made the moves and been aggressive. I think you know I, I've kind of said that. And I don't want to keep beating it up, but like that's kind of my sum of if he wins. Uh, I think it's way more interesting of a conversation if Ben wins because not only is it in the kind of fashion that he's won, um, especially, but it's then also a back-to-back winner and you're adding it onto the fashion that he won this year, but then also in the short season last year, it's just a, it right. just creates a very weird. Right. I don't know. Out of those like, two compared to other. Yeah. Teams. Yeah. Like I'll say before, I mean, you've, the- you've been the only back-to-back champion we've had and right. you, you had, a, you had incredible teams and, and are, you know, considered one of one of the smarter managers in the league and right. and all of that and it's like it's interesting it's just i don't know it's interesting that ben would have won back to back under all of these kind of circumstances i guess quickly before we talk about ben i'll say that you know if speed wins i put him in that category of managers where 14 years into this you know variance is going to occur you know and, and speed hasn't been in it the entire time either and th- that's fair but like I put him kind of in that Housky tier. Like if Housky or Pat or Speed win a championship at this point, like eventually that's going to happen. Oh, and I, and <laughs> hey, hey, listen, to, to, to follow that up too, I would be saying the same things I think that I'm saying about Speed winning as I would say about Housky winning. The only difference would be being is that Housky's been in the league a lot longer. Right. And, and I would say, obviously I wouldn't want to give Pat credit, but like if Pat won at this point, like, 14, 15 years into this, like Pat's for as wacky as, as he is, like he's decent enough at this where yeah. oh, one year yeah. he's going to, he's going to again, ride the, the Kristen bell curve uh, to a championship. And that's just bound to happen. I'm happy it didn't happen this year. Uh, before, before we move to bed, can we kind of like reflect for a little bit of how like it, it, 
at some point as it's become this conversation with how is Howski not won yet? He's been in the league so long. It's like if Pat, as much as we kind of bash his team, like the way things lined up for him, if Pat wasn't going to win this year, it's like, I don't know. When, when is Pat going to win? When is Pat going to win? Yeah. yeah. Uh... Cause it's the end of it's, I mean, he's had this core of like JD Martinez and Yelich that has had him as a competitor. I feel like the last few years, uh, and, and now it's, you know, you think his team's hitting a total reset next year. It's like things line up pretty well where he got to buy, he got to play the, the 10th best Roto team in the second round, you know, served to him on a platter and, and he, and his team can't get there. It's like, what, like, right. Yep. Pat, Pat's three highest ranked offensive players are Brandon Crawford, Jorge Polanco and Joey Votto. So like, yeah, he's got some gallows and stuff in there, but like he's being carried across the, you know, the finish line by. Yeah. I mean, I guess Warriors. once again, you got to go, go back and realize his offense really wasn't. But, but you, you do yeah. bring up a good point. Like he is going to have to reinvent himself. He's going to have to take shots on guys, on young guys that other teams in this league have had to do. You, you know, you did a rebuild where you, you waited out uh, guys, you know, Devers through, a season or two of mediocrity. Um, you know, you took shots on Jordan Alvarez. Devers, Devers was the hardest one, man. I did, I had to carry him in a when I was carrying a corpsing roster to a six seed too. And you know what? Pat does not hold on to talent very well. We could go down the list. Oh, he bra- of- he bra- he bra- he brags about how he drops talent that other people get. <laughs> right. So, is he going to be able to hold the right guys to rebuild a core? Uh, or is he going to have to, you know, luck and not luck, but if he, he's going to have to have JD Martinez type player, take that next step where they suddenly do become a top 25 guy in their thirties. Uh, but yeah, if, yeah, this, I mean, that's, that's how we got JD to, to win it. It was, it was Pat's normal kind of, yeah. I mean, that's, that is a kind of keeper analysis, but like, I mean, Pat got JD that way of like, he was probably another guy. He thought he was just juicing that turned out to be a really good keeper hitter. I mean, I think Pat keeps like four or five uh, pitchers at this point. Maybe McCullough. Like who? Like who do you like? Darvish, Lynn, Ray, Rodon are easy for right. But like, like Rodon's a good example. Like, you're telling me you're telling me next spring you're you know he didn't even make it through this year. I know he's had a career of shoulder issues. You're telling me next spring you're just gonna he's gonna show up and everything's gonna be fine. I don't think, I mean, you can't drop him though, right? Like, well, and that's the thing. He just doesn't have any other options. You're right. Yeah. I just, yeah, he doesn't, you're right. He doesn't have any other options. You kind of just have to say, yeah, all right. I'm, I'm with it. Rodon. Let's right. go. I mean, you got to keep, by these... the way, did you, did you see the interview? People are asking uh, Rodon, a reporter's asking Rodon about his shoulder. He got all pissed like at the reporter for asking about it. He's like, you know, my shoulder's fine. And like yelled at the guy. No, I didn't see that. You know, it's like, God forbid somebody asks you about a problem that's plagued your entire career when you're not pitching as well. And your, you know, your fastball drops five, five miles an hour over the course of an inning. But, you know. some, some people are sensitive, but yeah, Pat's in a bad spot. This was one of his best shots, uh, even though he wasn't even in the championship. I know he's been in the championship before. Uh, I think I saw him there. Th- one this of those was, years. this was the closest I really did think that it's like, oh my God, Pat's going to actually win this. I mean, earlier in the season when he had these, pitchers that he had like six or seven guys that were top 100 pitchers and it's like well pat's going to put up seven quality starts and an era in the twos 
I hope you can win all the offensive categories. Yeah, yeah. And that was my thought if I played him. I was like, oh, I just need to sweep him on offense. But it's like, you know, if Pat were to have at that point, it was like, oh, but if Pat has a couple of his oranges, then then you're screwed. Right. So let's not talk too much about that guy. He basically almost ended the podcast before we got our, our feet under us early in the season. We'll talk about Pat and his uh, lack of, of decent keepers as we get closer to the uh, uh, the draft. I know he year. wants to come back on again, so maybe well, in the offseason. Yeah, he was texting me trying to weasel his way onto the pod to be a co-host when I guess you went you know away for a, a, like two days. I th- I'm not sure what like weird time – I left his Warp group goes chat on, for, like, I left his group, group chat, chat for two weeks and he thinks like I'm he thinks I'm like you know MIA like I'm I'm missing. We 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 put out a pod on a Friday or a Saturday, and two days later he's like, Can I get on the pod? Because since Goody is like MIA, I'm like, oh, we just put out an episode two days ago, dude. Yeah. Concentrate on trying to Pat win just, a matchup. Pat just wants to get on the pod. I know he's he's the guy's the pod's biggest biggest critic too, but he always wants to be on. You know, he's, you know, I don't know. Let's not talk about Pat anymore. Moving on to Ben. I think this is the more interesting conversation as you kind of started to lay out before I uh, I got us on a tangent. But Ben, if he wins this year, it would be the second championship back-to-back. You know, I did it before, but it's still just how how much luck you have to have to win in this league. You have to be good. Yeah, no matter luck. what. It's so yeah, hard. Yeah, as much as I'm going to say, you know, people get lucky and all that, it's like you don't win this shit without luck. Right. Cer- certainly. Yeah, you want to have a good enough team to put yourself in the position, and then you just cross your fingers, you make a few decisions, you hope they go well, and then, you, yep. you know, you hope that it, it ends in your favor. But if Ben does win, like you mentioned, he, he won last year in a short season. I, you know, to be honest, uh, I like Ben as a person, certainly. I think that Ben is in the middle of the pack in terms of managers, but winning, not a, he, he doesn't, he doesn't carry the perfect basket out of the grocery store. Does he, he, he does, he does not carry the perfect basket of goods. He, he buys $3,000 laptops. He doesn't need, um, no, no one carries the perfect basket of goods out of the grocery store. Uh, let, let's put it that way, but, but especially I, not Ben. I, I think Ben's championship is the least, it carries the least amount of weight. Uh, well, he, he did it in a 14 team league, which says something compared to, some of the teams that won in a 12 team league early in the year or early in our history, when people didn't know what they're doing, like maybe a duty year or a MOOC year, those were really early. I don't think, I don't think those measure up perhaps to a 14 team win, but a six week season, that was, that was a blink of an eye last year. So if Ben wins this year, uh, especially in the manner that he does, I know that we're talking about him being lucky and that certainly played a part, but Ben went like he bought, he, he identified areas of need. He, he pushed the chips to the middle. He, he had some, some balls to, to go for it this year. If he wins, uh, you know, I, I think it probably moves him in my mind. I, I hate to say it, you know, above the, the house keys and the, the speeds and the paths, you know, maybe I'll like on an Evan tier, maybe above Evan. Like, uh, you know, I he, got a lot of he, respect for, you know, I got a lot of respect for Evan as a manager. Is, is Ben, it was, if Ben with two championships, is he suddenly like in conversation as the fourth or fifth best? I, I do. Field? All right. That is as much as, like I said, it, it puts an interesting perspective or kind of, you know, reputation or whatever on it or like legacy being the right word of it in the context that we all said. I think the other things you said about putting him above, uh, if he does win, putting him above Housky speed and 
and at least on par with Evan because Evan also has a championship and and a, and, and a long track record of success too. I, I always say people forget Evan had a has had stretches of very competitive teams as well. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I think you are right. You win a second championship and especially doing it back to back and all of that and and doing it with I don't know, it's as much as you would say he's lucky on the other hand it's like, you know, he also kind of how is this that much different than the way Trevor dragged rosters right. to to championships, you know? It re- there really isn't a difference. I mean, there's been like I said, I think this year was more of an extreme, but there's been there's been plenty of years that that Trevor was seventh or eighth in roto that he got into the playoffs and 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 we touted it to his managerial skills it's like why doesn't ben get the same credit right and and isn't a little bit sad that you know he needs to win a second championship for to separate himself from you know Housky who hasn't won speed who hasn't won i think it's i think what hangs over it a little bit though is that ben has not so ben his first year when he came in went to the championship right lost this has been the last year in the league, and yeah, made it, and made prior, four prior, times. Prior to last year, had Ben really ever had had Ben done anything? Not really. Like after that first, uh, I year, mean, this is a guy that you just you know you were calling him chalk. You were you know, all, yeah. and then he wins the championship last year, and you know, but that I think that's the thing is that it's like it's not just the weirdness of last year and the weirdness of this year. It's the I think in between before all of that, they're just what I, I couldn't ever remember Ben actually competing. And so I, I kind of use speed the same way though. Like speed's no, no, I, three years. same. You're right. And that's actually a really good point. And that is, yeah. I, again, I like speed. Uh, I enjoy conversations with him. I think he's, you know, relatively sharp. Uh, and when we do talk about fantasy baseball and I think he's, you know, he picks up the guys he should pick up. You know, he plays the all the mini games that we all play to, to min-max our rosters. I think Speed does a fair bit of that, which is ahead of half the league. But again, results-wise, you know, I'd put him in that same category as Ben. But Ben, again, has that championship. Is it just – those guys all still feel like they're in the muck a little bit. Like, is it just that much harder to, like, get out of the muck once you're in it? Like, the the Ben, Housky, Speed, Pat kind of tier, even with the championship – and as Ben, I think, with the I think it's one of those, get out of there. Yeah, I think it's one of those things is it's like you don't get out of it. Championships are the only thing that do get you out of that right. kind of mindset, you know, of because once again, like like you're saying, and I, I don't know, you made a good point of it, it's that, you know, other than championships, there's also consistently competing and all of that. And and none of these guys have done that. Although I would say Housky has, but he's never won anything. So we wipe the league clean. We do a new redraft. Who's your third? Who's your third ranked manager right now? Ooh, uh, that's that's where you get. You probably start to get down into the muck. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that's another thing. Is like, does the muck begin after the two of us? And again, we're on a podcast. Like, nah, I, yeah, I know. So we have results. Egos, yeah, we're biased. I mean, I think I'd like to think that. I would still put Trevor above that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe fresh, fresh start, you know, fresh start, and motivation yeah. and um, motivation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fresh start and motivation. I, I think, and given what we've seen Trevor do with teams and stuff, I just, I think, yeah, I think he's above that. Uh, Ev, you put, do you put Evan, Evan above Evan, I, the speed yeah. tier? Yeah. I'm doesn't it feel like to say. 
at yeah. least Stephen House, you kind of talk the talk these days of like some of the concepts that you know. No, yeah, that's the thing. Is like I think Speed and Housekeep talk to talk more, but it's like I. But then I go back and I'm like, Evan, Evan has got just yeah. got results. Yeah, <laughs> Evan's got results. Like, you know what I mean? I, and I, I put Mook, I put Mook there too. Right. Uh, with that, I definitely, I just, I think we always talk about Mook has like the, you we know, another edge. Mook, Mook has Mook has the sixth sense that we don't have with this game, so right. you know that's why I put him up there. And he's also somebody who's very engaged. He, you know, what I mean, he's, you know, even when his team was out of it, he's still plugging away because he loves playing this shit. Like, Mook, you know, like so, Mook is an old dog that's learning some new tricks. You know, that too, yeah, he's he has evolved a little. Uh, yeah, I I definitely agree with that too. Uh, so yeah, I think I think Trevor and Mook definitely above. I I still put Evan above the muck a little bit, but then after that, yeah, then you got the muck. So yeah, starting at like six, seven, eight is where we kind of get into those those teams. And again, Ben has a championship. Uh, so if he wins that, and second who else one, has a championship in that? So it's if we're talking Housky, so Housky Speed, Duty, who is probably in the, in that muck to be fair, but like maybe on the bottom end. Uh, I, I, and I hate to do this to duty. I love duty, but I, I put him below that muck right now because of, although he has the championship on one side, it's like it, we we're going on what similar to my point about Ben before these two years or, or your point about speed before these two years, it's like you go on a long stretch of him not making the playoffs. When was the last time duty made the playoffs? Right. And, and duty's championship uh, was way back when uh you know in, in I, a 12 team lead yep i won the first year duty won the third, third year. year third so year yep that was that was 10 years ago it's sad to say that's um, like i mean yeah that's like you know that's like winning a football champion that's like you know frank beamer winning a national championship in the in the 90s you know what i mean like and then you know all of a sudden we're you know the league has evolved and other things are going on you know <laughs> 2014 he made the playoffs <laughs> So it's been uh, seven Fuck. years. Seven years. Yeah. So, and and he had a string of decent results. He had fourth, first, third, fourth. And his team and his team was pretty good this year too. Yeah, and his team was good this year. Um, I I kind of feel like if he had r- role reversed with Ben, you know, Duty bought a little bit. Duty sold quite a bit. Sold out. Just, yep. If he had just kind of he did the Ben, would he be in? Yeah, would he, would he be in? He would have had Adam Wainwright. He would have had, you know, other guys that he could have traded for. Uh, so we can get into that in just a second. That's the last thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, but any other notes on, you know, Ben's legacy if he were to win? I, I think, yeah, it would. Do you still do you still take Trevor over Ben? Uh, yeah, yeah, I still would just because yeah. of the, you know I me, mean? I, as much as championship matters, I said flag fly forever, like, I, I don't know. I, I always hold a good weight to, to consistent success Yeah, and competing, but. And you know, if Ben wins again, I'll be interested to have him on the pod. I, based on what he said last year, like I was impressed by, again, he was trying hard. He was trying to learn new things. Like Ben's one of those guys that he has similar, similar to Mook. He has evolved as well. Yeah. Yeah. So the last thing let's talk about uh, is a, a simple question is Ben making the playoffs good for the league? We talked three games over oh, 500, yeah. the ninth best Roto. You know, you beat him by Roto by 50 points. Because is it good for the league that Ben is in the playoffs? Uh, I think so. I'm, and I'm obviously biased in this, in that 
I, I think it's, I'm obviously going to think it's bad. I think it's, and this is the rarity. I think Ben getting in on its own is not bad for the league. I think, I think it should be assigned to everybody. I hate that half of this league gives up, you know, by June or July. It's just, it's, especially some teams that have good rosters. (laughs) Uh, But I think it's what's, I'm not going to say it's bad for the league because I don't think it creates any bad incentives or anything like that, but it's, I think it's unjust, I guess to say, or, you know, I don't know, unfortunate, maybe from my perspective of like, I think it's just incredibly bizarre the that a, a first place Roto team missed the playoffs and a team like Ben's got in like, and, and, it, and I would have been like, Oh, this sucks. If Mook or duty got in over me and that gap was, you know, still pretty large, but a little closer, but it was like, it was to a whole nother extreme for me, for myself. But do I think it's bad for the league? No, it just, it just fucking sucked. Right. For you personally, certainly. For me personally, it sucked. But, you know, as you bring up, I hopefully teams look at this and say, you know, you don't have to write your season off in June, uh, which I think many years we kind of had that dynamic where half the teams just decided they were out of it and were selling. Um, I think this year there was, there was a bunch of folks, you know, um, Mook and, and Duty that were continuing to do their best to compete um, and to kind of push for the playoffs. You know, Duty had kind of an interesting last few weeks where he made like a late charge. And like I said, there was, had- there was so in the last week, there was points either in the second to last week or the last week. I know in the last week there was like the Monday we opened up stat tracker and like Mook right. was in, Mook was sick, but yeah. like there was one point too, that duty was in. Right. And like, if Acuna doesn't get hurt, if, you know, certain things happen, things could certainly fall a different direction, but yeah. And, and that's the thing that's, I mean, it just goes to show. And I thought I was hoping at least like, that would other than just bed making it i think like i would hope that like some people would see that and be like oh well like you know we thought we wrote duty and mook each wrote themselves out of this four weeks ago and you know like mook even said at one point is like you know it makes you stop and think what could have been right if oh. you stay if he stays in it another week or you know what i mean you know yeah yeah or if the, even if the season was what happens if the season was two weeks longer yeah. Or one week, you know, one week is more realistic since we, we cut short, uh, you know, purposely one week off the season. Like that certainly could have been an option um, because you know, yeah. it's a long season and it comes down to those razor thin margins. It's just funny. It comes down to that close and all that. And I think to combine this with the whole bizarreness of the road, I think it's like, you would think, what is it? What's our season? 22 weeks. Right. You would think 22 weeks is enough of a sample size to, to shake out the variability, but it still, it still exists not only because of just the way head to head is structured, but just because. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they play 162 games in baseball, which is probably too many, but you know, any team, the Orioles could beat the, you know, the Yankees or the Red Sox one out of three, like can, can sweep, they can win two out of three in, a week, yep. in any weekend, you know? Yeah. It's, it's just the way it goes. I'll say that, you know, I, I certainly do hope that teams look at Ben and, look at themselves and, and determine that, Hey, I should continue to, to keep trying to compete. I'll also say my hope for the league. And it really started to take shape this year is that we have more player for player trades throughout the season. Yeah. I think that was, that was a really nice evolution this year. And I, I think we both talked earlier about how that should happen more and people were always scared to do that. And I, I think that was, that was definitely an encouraging development. Yep. yep. Uh, yeah. 
you, you don't have to get to a point in the season where you say, you know, I'm not going to make a trade until I know for certain whether I'm in it or out of it. And if I'm in it, I'm going to buy hard. And if I'm out of it, I'm going to sell hard. And that was the kind of the rule of the, uh, the league for a long time. You know, you couldn't get a guy to sell until July or August, and then it was wholesale. Uh, but I think in May and June, you can determine that, you know, this is a strength of my team. This is a weakness. And, you know, I can fit pieces together to win a few more categories. You know, you lost, you were out of the playoffs by half a game, like any, any small number, you know, any small move. And there's probably dozens of them that you could have made would have made that oh, difference yeah. and vice versa. For ben too. Start, start guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so any small thing, you know, duty was only seven games out. You know, what, what move could duty have made in May or June that would have bought him, you know, an extra few games. So, you know, it's the margins are razor thin, making those small improvements, trading. I always go back to like economics 101. If, if I've got a bunch of pizza and nothing to drink and you've got a bunch of beer, like it doesn't matter what price you pay for the pizza. Like you're happy yeah. to, you're happy to trade a case of beer for two slices of pizza because you don't have anything to eat and you've got a ton there's, of beer. There's, and I, yeah, I feel like I brought that up for trades. It's like, you know, there doesn't always have to be a winner and a loser. A lot of times there's synergy in, in deals. It's why it's to your economics example. It's the whole reason why trade exists. Right. Right. Is, is, you know, once again, it's like, you know, you're creating value by exchanging things with each other. And and that really should be the thing. I think people, people always look at trades in a concept of a, of this zero sum game of winner. Of, or loser. Oh, yeah. Oh, he ripped him off or he fleeced him or whatever. And it's like, there, there can be, you know, and, and even if the trade doesn't work out, because once again, you're, you're playing with probabilities and these guys and all that, it's like, it could, it could still be something that makes sense given your, your situation. Yeah. Early in the year, I traded Brandon Crawford um, to for Grossman. Yeah. yeah, For Grossman. And like Grossman ended up worse this season in terms of overall rank. Uh, But I didn't need another shortstop. Like I needed. Yeah. You couldn't play infield. Yeah. Outfield sneakily hard to fill. It it certainly is in in a 14 team league with four outfielders. So, you know, I probably quote unquote lost that deal, but it, I felt like it probably added more to my roto score and week to week, you know, success than. Yeah. Cause it's, it's better. Right it was better for you to have Grossman starting every day than to be starting Crawford or somebody else three days. Yeah, a swapping week. in and out. Yep. Yep. So yeah. that, that's my hope that the league continues to evolve. Uh, we will watch this championship matchup. Hopefully it gets a little bit closer and all this suspense isn't, you know, out of it by Wednesday or Thursday, but you know, hats off to both teams. They got there in different ways. Speed kind of, the entire season was one of the best teams in the league for the last year and a half, two years. He's been one of the better teams in the league and he's in there. And then Ben got there in a very unique way. Uh, you know, after 14 years, it was bound to happen, but you got to give him credit for the moves that he made as well. He, he pushed his chips into the center and, and said, I'm going to go for it. And now he's playing for a, a second back-to-back championship. Not just a second championship. He's, he's playing to, uh, to boost his legacy up a tier. Boost his leg. Yep. Get out of the muck. <laughs> once and for all you know get onto that that secondary tier of do it do it do it for the button pushers ben do it for the do it for the button pushers all right you know like evident evident mook were the paper and pen guys the the other of us with the spreadsheet ben's ben's a whole new uh you know uh, and in that research button the the button pushers ben yeah ben Ben and the research button are uh, climbing the standings and legacy is at stake for the research button too ben (laughs) Good All right, luck. Goody. Uh, good talking right. to you. We'll uh, we'll watch this one, and then we'll continue potting uh, throughout the off season. 
uh, talking about the, the season to come. We'll have some guests. Brendan, I know we want to get on. We'll get his side of the Lance Lynn trade, and then we'll talk to Perry at some point. Perry, Perry will have his day in court at some point. And, right. uh, and yeah, how's, will, will we have more scheduled, uh, more regular schedules, you think, next year with, with your, uh, your daughter getting on a better sleep schedule? Are, we, are, we training, are we training her now? Is she getting in a groove? Absolutely. One, after one year, it's it's easy street. Just don't it's have all, a second kid down, immediately. It's all it's, downhill from here. It's, yeah, it's the lesson learned. But no, things are getting better. Uh, I appreciate you know you holding things together with with Housky and Ben as well. And I'll make that note to Ben. Thanks for, to him for you know potting while I was uh, unavailable. But yeah, next year we'll uh, we'll do this thing right. All right, sounds good. All right, have a good night, Goody. All right, later. Oh, 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 oh,